Welcome to the Jeff and Alex podcast. I am Jeff Hillemeyer, and with my friend, Alex Gonzalez, we explore topics that help you be your best self. And we also get to chat with some great guests. So join us now on the Jeff and Alex podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jeff and Alex podcast. I am Alex Gonzalez, and I am here with Jeff Hillemeyer. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Alex. How's it going? All right. How are you doing there in your world headquarters? Yeah. Quarantine world headquarters, should I say? Yeah, this is uh, this is a different setup than uh, we've been used to. I've got my old my old spun logic sign that was on the side of our building. Uh, I think I grabbed that in two thousand five, maybe off wow. the side of the building when we moved out. Well, that's pretty cool. I like it. You know, and, and since you're talking about spun logic, we should maybe spend you know a few seconds talking about one of your. Uh, other podcasts. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about that. You know, one of the one of our official sponsors. We're just we'll just have our our own our own you know media platforms be sponsors for now until we get right. some more phone calls. <laughs> right, right. So um, yeah, so I had a, a company from 1998 to 2008 called Spun Logic, and uh, I don't know, like four months ago or so, um, and my I had three partners, and we we had dinner together. Um, and thought, you know what, enough time, 12 years has passed, maybe we can tell some of the behind the scenes stories that happened back in the day. Uh, you know, we had a couple hundred people at, at uh, Engage, which was sort of the, the, the place that Spun Logic ended up, we were acquired and, and became part of a bigger thing. And so, uh, yeah, so we've been doing what we call the Spun Mafia series um, in our little industry of digital marketing and advertising in, in, in Atlanta. Uh, enough of the people that were at Spun Logic have spun out and started their own companies here in Atlanta. And so some people refer to it as the Spun Mafia, sort of the PayPal Mafia was uh, popular out in Silicon Valley. So uh, so we said, let's do it. So we've recorded a few episodes talking about, you know, things that maybe people didn't know about the journey. And I think it's a pretty cool journey too for uh, anybody who uh, I guess it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or not. It's a pretty cool journey to to hear about, and obviously for you, you're having fun, yeah. uh, reminiscing a little bit as well too. And perhaps you know you could tell us how people can get access to Spun Mafia money, like they did with the PayPal <laughs> Mafia. You know? Yeah, exactly right. But what's really interesting to me is the the uh, different um, ways that myself and my partners uh, look back and reflect on, you know what worked, what didn't. So when the question comes like, you know, what really helped us uh, hit our growth trajectory at SpunLogic? I I think all four of us had different answers. Mm -hmm. So it's really kind of fascinating because we we never really spent time talking about that, talking about the past. I think as entrepreneurs, I don't know if you're like this. I, I spend so little time thinking about the past. It's always the present, but more, more likely the future. Um, that I don't reflect a lot on. I don't like meditate on the past. Are you good at that? Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm I'm awful with uh, the past, and you know, and it's not about. I mean, because boy, I remember some of my you know best years. Um, not best years. Some incredible times. You know, and how there's certain years at GE. There's certain times building opportunities at Equifax. or certain times. I mean, I could just go into certain ones. But yeah, no, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's this. You know, what's you know, so what? I can't 
change or do anything about it, but use it as experience. Mm. Of course, maybe it's just because my memory is awful and I just you know, can't remember anything at the time. People are like, <laughs> yeah, I'm always impressed when people are like, well, in 2005, yeah. and I'm like, okay, I'm doing the math in my head. Where was I at that time? So You know what? I have this theory that I came up with recently because I've had a bad memory forever. I mean, really bad. Like we took a family oh. trip last October and, and I don't really remember it. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> pretty scary. Um, and I, I think there's a chance it's because I'm always what's next, you know, like probably a week after that trip, I was like, all right, what's the next vacation? Even if it's a year from now, let's be thinking about that. And so I have this, I, I want to be asking people who have bad memories if they're also like that. I wonder because my wife loves to reflect on the past and talk about high school and all the, and she has a great memory and I don't want to talk about any of that. I don't remember. <laughs> you know what? I, you might be onto something because I, I talk about this thing when I when I speak and write about this. That, you know, I always tell people that I have, uh, I had, and I guess still have corporate ADD. You know, I have an attention attention deficit disorder relative yeah. to corporate. And to me, it was more about being bored about you know just like, what's next. How do you change things and all of that? But a little bit is about yeah. I, you know, and I always like to tell people, you know, you have to respect historical norms in an organization to drive change. But I'm always like, you know, what's what's next? What's coming in? So, yeah, perhaps there is, although I do remember our vacations. But although it is, but a lot of the details, they'll be like, oh, do you remember that place we went to? I'm like, no, but I remember I had fun. I mean, it's highly memorable. So, okay. So, basically, we have... Um, a you know chart topping podcast in which none of us are going to remember what we said the time before. <laughs> right. So if you're watching this, you're going to have like a different format every time. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? We need to get a producer, Jeff. We need someone to keep us on track. So. <laughs> yeah. Anybody watching interested? Let us know. So you know one of the things you know, speaking of like um, kind of your trips and and actually goes deeper into this. You know, I thought you know one of the things uh, you know we should spend a little bit of time talking about today is this whole idea about staying inspired, mm-hmm. you know, how that works into kind of our, our work and our life and everything we do. And, and look, right now, as we, as we uh, film this or record this, um, boy, do we need inspiration more than ever, um, just with everything going on in the world. Um, but even in the best of times, whatever that means for you, because, you know, even when, the, the, you know, you're at your best of times, someone's going through difficulty as, you know, as well, just the reality of the world we're in. But, you know, there's always that need for inspiration to be able to perform or do well or get up every day, whatever that is. So I'm going to start just really broad, Jeff, in terms mm-hmm. of if you, if I were to say, you know, what keeps you inspired and whether it's a, at a macro or a micro level, you know, what's the sort of thing that keeps, or, or what do you do to stay inspired, perhaps? Maybe that's a better way to start the conversation. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, I'm going to sound a bit like a broken record here, um, but leading up to, say, age 35, 36, I'm 44 now, um, my motivation was to win um, in the, in the sense of what society says, win is like, I was an overachiever. I was like, all right. So when you start a company, you sell that company and you exit and then you start joining prestigious boards and you, so I was always mm-hmm. driven by like, I didn't know it at the time, but I was always trying to succeed, uh, according to what successful people did and, and not what was really driving me. And then when I found my personal purpose, when I went through leadership Atlanta in 2013, um, you know, my, my, my whole reason for being changed. And so my 
purpose is to have an outsized positive impact on the world. And so there's definitely times where if I'm feeling less motivated or, um, you know, like, what, why am I involved in this? Or it, I, I step back and I think about it, are the things that I'm putting time into making an outsized positive impact on the world or I, do I need to shift things around? But it's that which drives me today, again, which 10 years ago would have been very different. But I still am able to get excited about um, helping a nonprofit or uh, when Dragon Army gets involved in the community and does something powerful. Like one of the things we've talked about this year, like we're going to have a terrible year, um, mm. like almost everybody is right. from a financial growth perspective. Like it's just not going to be a great year for Dragon Army. But we have a purpose of inspiring happiness in the people around us and our community. That's our company corporate purpose. And so we're, you know, a little past the halfway point of the year. And we spent time as a team talking about the fact that we're actually having a great year. We've actually done more this year in the community and to help than we ever have because so many, you know, more companies and people need help. So it's just flipping how you look at, you know, what success is, I think that helps drive that motivation. Yeah, I, and I agree. I think at the macro, if we were to break this down to lessons at the, at the macro level, um, this element of purpose, personal purpose, organizational purpose, along to what, you know, success is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think it, it, is, it is amazing because I've, you know, I've seen this with myself and I've seen this with others where it is so easy to get caught up. And I think it's absolutely normal. Yeah. And measuring your success on, you know, I mean, the old saying, you know, keeping up with the Jones, Joneses, right. you know, whether it's right. in your neighborhood, whether it's, you know, definitely in companies. And, you know, when I was uh, at GE, I always remember there was always a joke that everybody wanted to be a general manager, you know, you know, mm-hmm. we, everybody, in other words, you wanted to be running a division. And, and, you know, now it's interesting, my career, I did end up getting to that, to that goal, but it's something that, you know, it's kind of wanted. It's funny now that I've done it. I'm like, oh, there's a lot of other things that I liked, you know, even better. Yep. But there were so many people who would say, yeah, I want to be a GM. I want to be this. But it's because everybody around them was saying it and versus them, them doing it. But, yeah. uh, and, and even at a personal level, I mean, I remember years ago when our kids were much younger, you know, of course here in Atlanta, you know, there's this whole, um, swim team and, and Alta culture, you know, which takes over, but, but just things like swim teams. And I remember I, I, our kids just were not into it. Uh-huh. And, and it was almost like, you know, well, do we need to be into it too? I mean, everybody else is around it and we like the social aspect of it, but that's not what keeps us inspired or happy mm-hmm. every day. There's other things to do. So, so I'm it's with you. Easy, I think that's number one. Yeah. It's an easy trap to fall into um, is like chasing things because that's what, you know, you see other people do because that's what people's expectations are. And I think that's where it's hard to find the motivation in times like this, where things are just sort of falling apart and everything's flipped upside down. And if you're chasing, you know, something, you know, sort of fake like that, it's hard to find that motivation. So I find that the people that I know that um, feel like they have a purpose, whether they call it that or not, um, but that are, Mm -hmm. that are driving towards something meaningful to themselves, it is much easier to, to continue to grind. I've had 
a couple of friends asked me over the, you know, say the last five years since I've had a few exits and, and I've started some nonprofits and, um, you know, why are you still running a for-profit? Why are you still working hard to build something? You know, you don't necessarily have to do that. And again, it's easy for me to answer that because I'm driven by something more than selling another company. I mean, that's not even in the plans for Dragon Army, but were that to be all I was chasing is, you know, an, another dollar, it wouldn't be very motivating. And I probably would have stopped. And there's something empowering and inspiring when you have this purpose and also having the opportunity to have that purpose as well, too. But I think we could talk maybe a ways you could do it in, you know, in, in pieces, but it lets you say no to stuff. Yes. Um, kind of to the earlier point. And it allows you to say yes to stuff that maybe mm-hmm. perhaps would be, which I go from an innovator's perspective. That's so important because the stuff, I think sometimes the stuff you don't say yes to because it's not part of the norms or the path or whatever. I, 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 I always love when people say, wow, your background's so interesting. And they say it like they don't know how to piece it together because it's not a pattern. It's not a natural pattern. Yeah. But that to me is following some level of purpose and some of it's accidental as well too. But I think to your to that the point you're making i think it empowers you to say no also empowers you to say yes to certain things and it allows you to take mm-hmm. some level of risk as well too yeah so, so so if you think you know this is kind of at the macro perspective but i think so if someone's listening or watching it's finding what that means which is a very different in phase of life obviously coming off of it off of an exit or off of a cur- you know career it gives up gives you opportunities to do things you couldn't do before, but I think it's always finding within what you're doing, recalibrating what your purpose is. But how about kind of at the, I, dare I say, transactional level, daily level? Yeah. yeah. Um, because, you know, you get kind of stuck in, in, you know, you get lost in the clouds or whatever. How do you stay inspired, dare I say, even to wake up in the morning or, or just to kind of get the day going, especially on those days that, you know, I, I mean, do you have a reset button, for lack of a better term? You know, um, in, in the past, uh, that reset has come from taking a trip or a vacation, just sort of getting away for a little while. It's harder to do that when you're in lockdown. So that hasn't happened as much. Uh, I will say that one thing that's helped me over say the last three or four months as we've been in this quarantine and dealing with COVID is giving myself a break. Um, and saying, you know what, it's fine if I'm not as motivated today, um, you know, get some stuff done, but really attack tomorrow and, and see if you're, you're recharged. Um, that for someone like me, that was, that's not something I ever felt comfortable doing. Um, it's, it was always like, go, go, go. And I think that giving yourself a break and saying, you know what, some days I'm going to feel it. Some days I'm not, and that's okay. Um, so that's helped me. H- how about you? Yeah, no, I, I think, um, I mean, it is interesting because I, I think we can't ignore um, with COVID, it, it does. Look, look. first of all, I think so many people are, are, you know, not so many people, but we're fortunate and many are fortunate to be in roles where they could work from home and all that because um, there's so many people that cannot um, or are at home with, you know, without, without a job or whatever the case might be. So it's always recognizing that, but it is interesting though, even if you're working at home, whether you're an entrepreneur or corporate, whatever, it's like the boundaries have disappeared to some extent. And, um, so yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think the giving a break for me has been, um, which I think is really important at a time like this, but I think really, uh, translates even beyond this environment we're in 
is, is making sure you create personal space. Um, mm. and for me, I mean, I'll, I'll admit that, I, you know, I've always been some level of a workaholic, especially if you're doing something you're passionate about, you know, and you know, it, it, you and I are over here, you know, on Saturday mornings doing this, you know, but it's part of passion and we enjoy doing it, but it also is like, you know, an engine. So this crazy thing that what you do work keeps you inspired, but as I've gotten trying to get better understanding, when are you hitting that red line on the RPM? Where, you know, because the worst thing I think for anybody is that then they hit that red line and then you start, you know, uh, regretting what you love and um, and or getting more annoyed about some of the kind of meat and potatoes things you got to do to do the fun stuff. And you start pushing that away. Next thing you know, you fall into patterns. So I think for me, it's. uh, it is about understanding those boundaries a little bit more, giving some space. And uh, during during this during COVID and definitely being at home, it's also finding that space could be in the middle of the day, even if that means doing work, you know, at night, just to make sure the space does exist. You know, um, mental space. And I believe it or not, Jeff, I've actually started getting into things like meditation and stuff like that as well, too, oh, which wow. I'm finding is going to, yeah, yeah. I mean, very small, but let's detour but, on that for just a second. Cause yeah. I have tried meditation and I look, meditation is like, I don't know, like, like yoga, like I'm sure I'm, I, and, and yoga worked for me. Like for years, I didn't do yoga yeah. and now I love it. And now I, I can't not do it. Um, I just feel better. And I knew that was the case. I know with meditation, like everybody who does it, <laughs> they're, they're more grounded. They, you know, they know who they are, all these things. I just, I, I've tried it so many times. Uh, how, <laughs> tell me how you started and, and is it working? It's, it's a, it's a, first of all, I'm a beginner. So let me just say that. So I'm probably not, you know, giving the practice, you know, it's, it's a do, but you know, it's me. It's it's, it's interesting because I think it's interesting with yoga because I, I don't know if I could could do that. But there's an element of like you know just fitness and trying to and that stuff and like it's interesting some patterns that you fall out of when you're kind of in the daily grind. You know, spending five hours on the road all the time, and you know, getting more into the practice of you know getting you know working out and all that, which I think is good for work life and and staying inspired. But yeah, no, it's interesting. I started it. I you know in terms of for me, it's with a with finding that space. And I had someone recommend, you know, these, you know, there's so many apps out there right now, like Calm and Headspace and all that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I started, for me, it's just, you know, as I get older, it's like understanding that mental to physical connection is very real. And so I said, well, I'm going to give it a try. And when I saw, uh, you know, the, you know, you could do just 10 minutes a day, I realized, well, you know, this is no different than spending 30 minutes a day or whatever working out Mm -hmm. and it took a while and but then i realized that you know when i realized this is really all about breathing and and getting centered and for me my head races all the time yeah you know i'll be in a conversation like right now i'm probably thinking about 20 different things you don't even know (laughs) i was gonna say what what do you uh, actually actually it's funny when the camera comes on i tend to be centered so but it's realized (laughs) it is a centering thing and um so when I realize it's not some sort of mystic thing out there, but it's really about getting yourself in the moment. And I know someone's probably listening and hearing or watching this going, okay, that's exactly what I'm fearful of, but it's not, it's, it is about breathing and it is about just finding your space. And, and I realize that that's, that's powerful. And, and, and if anything, it, it, to me, the, the even uh, bigger challenge of it, which is a good challenge is, 
when I get quiet, you know, when I get starting to think about myself, then my, I, my, my mind goes into ideas. What about this, that, or whatever. And then the real discipline comes of even shutting that up. Yeah. But then I find myself afterwards going, okay, let me get back into this kind of creative space again and really get going. So when I kind of found that connection, now it's, it's hard in the sense, at least for me, that you got to keep doing it. Jack, you, you do working out. If you, you know, one time I went like four days without doing it. Next time I'm like, okay, how do I do this again? But yeah, no, but yeah, believe it or not, that's what it is. Amazing. But I, but I don't know. I couldn't do, I don't know if I could do yoga. Yeah. Well, I find that with yoga and, um, and running without or working out without music or without, or even with music, but without a podcast or something, then you, you have a bit of a meditative state. I definitely yeah. have had times where, I've been facing a difficult situation at work, let's say, and I've, I've decided for a run to just say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run without any, you know, listening to anything. Cause I'm always like, if I'm doing something, how can I be more productive doing that thing? Right. And so like when I do, do the dishes, I'm listening to an audio book or whatever, but then yeah, after like five or 10 minutes of silence while say working out, you do start to have ideas and you do start to get to a point where you're like, all right, I can actually think about this problem without a million distractions. So I think I meditate a little bit through those, but I sitting down after a few minutes, I'm just like, what am I doing? So I'm going to be, hopefully be inspired by you to try one more time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's definitely some apps out there that I think actually do. And that industry is booming as well too. Yeah. And of course now people are debating what's well, the value of it and all that, but I think all that matters is that does it help you and does, and I will, t I will say, and then we'll, we'll kind of go into something else here, but I will tell you that the benefits I were able to see were long after I started it. It's things that has, has nothing to do with those 10 minutes or whatever, you know, you spend a day doing it. It has that later on, I found, wow, I'm a lot more calmer responding to that or whatever it is. And yeah. so that's when I started believing that there's something there. And look, it's a personal thing too. So I think everybody finding that space is important as well. Yeah. It, you, it is interesting though, on, on the idea of, you have to put in the time <clears throat> and the, the benefit will come later and you have to sort of trust in that. I remember when I uh, went to college, um, I played tennis all growing up and then I, I played at school and uh, I had never lifted like that wasn't a part of anything I did lifted weights. And so at college, we started lifting weights and you know, fine. I was, you know, it was fine to do it, but I was like, well, I don't know if this is really going to help all that much. Maybe I'll serve a little bit harder. But I remember like months later, I was in the middle of a long point. The guy was running me side to side and mm -hmm. I ended up like, you know, maybe the 10th or 12th or 15th uh, shot of the rally. I was running for a forehand. And I remember I literally can pick, I, I can picture it right now. I was running and I was like, oh my gosh, I can get to this and I can crush this ball. And I normally wouldn't, I would have been exhausted and just barely get it. And I, and I crushed a forehand and I, and it was a winner. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> that is where that extra strength came from. Like, I, I know that I wouldn't have been able to do that, but I was running for it. I was like, I feel great. And I just smacked the ball. And so, you know, I, I think with anything we've talked about this, but like, you can have the best idea. I tell my kids this all the time. They're like, dad, is this a million dollar idea? And I'm like, there's no such thing as a million dollar idea. Right. It's the execution and you have to put in the time. The rigor has to be there. And I think that's with meditation, with yoga. You don't feel great right after yoga the first time. It's the 40th time that you're like, wow, my body feels different and I feel yeah, exactly more grounded. Right. You just, 
So you just, the payoff comes later. And that's exactly what I have not done with meditation. I've tried it for two days, three days, and I fail. So I'm just admitting my own faults here. Yeah, because, it, you know, it is, you know, it's a scary thing when you have to get into your own head and realize, shut up, you know, you tell yourself to shut up, basically. And it, it's, it's uh, and I'm still not mastering it, too. You know, so I, so I let other people tell me that instead. Um, yeah. And real, one thing, Jeff, I know that you are an avid reader. I, I do not know anybody who reads more than you do. Um, so is that, is that a retreat for you? Is that how you find inspiration or is that just a hobby? How, is that connect to this element of staying inspired? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I think that for me, um, being an entrepreneur, I, I think there's like only really two ways to get better. Um, and, and one is, and by, by far the, the most important is, is doing, you just have to get out there, you have to do it and you have to learn and you often have to fail and then you get better. There's not like a playbook for how to be an entrepreneur. Um, sure. there's, you know, there's books, but they don't really, but then from the book side that you can, I read stories of other leaders and other entrepreneurs and that, that motivates me. Um, that helps me, um, uh, become a better entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that drive has, has really started there. I also like everybody, every, it seems, it seems like everybody that I really look up to, uh, in the world reads a lot. Um, it, it, more often than not. And so I think that time to be reflective and, and, uh, I don't know, just sort of escape into a book. It could be fiction, but I'm mostly a nonfiction reader. Um, mm. but yeah, no, that, that helps, but you're more of a podcast. Are you documentary? Yeah, you know, you know well, I, I try to, you know, I, I am, I'm, I love, I love reading it. And now I will say I have stacks and stacks. I'm so behind. And, and now I blame that and that I'm trying to write a book because I don't have the Jeff Hellemeyer how to write a book in, you know, five day methodology down. <laughs> there will be a, you know, infomercial soon on that. But um, so I find myself ironically that I had to put my energy into the kind of writing process and all that to do that, which by the way, I think writing for me, is in itself, uh, you know, inspiring and therapeutic. And sometimes, you know, I, as people who help know, you know, you're going to get in this cul-de-sac of, you know, getting yourself trapped. And that's when I realize I'm trying to follow other people's patterns versus my own. So, but writing is important, yeah. but, and it's interesting, the podcast thing is more recent. So as we are here launching, you know, a series of podcasts, <laughs> you know, it wasn't until recently, and um, and that's kind of been uh, I fall in love with that. But you know, one thing I do love in general, though, um, one thing is when I listen to podcasters, things like you know, of course, with Disruptor Studio, it should be no surprise. You know, things like off camera and 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 where they kind of get really deep into people and and lets you escape for an hour into something into a topic deeper. Cause I, I'm just tired of the kind of being at the superficial level. To me, you get inspired when you kind of go deep into something. But the also thing, you know, I always say I'm a frustrated uh, movie producer. Um, I, I love watching also, um, and, and if you ask me, you're my favorite movie or something, I couldn't even tell you because every day I feel like it, it, it changes a little bit. But watching a good movie or TV show, TV series, um, and not just for the entertainment value, but lately especially seeing kind of start thinking about the creative process behind it, the writing mm -hmm. process behind it. 
And I just, I just love the um, entertainment as an analog for what, it doesn't matter if you're, and you know, I look, I came from, in, you know, I was in the insurance industry, I was in the financial services and a lot of, you know, um, some would say boring for those of you in financial services insurance, it's not. But, um, <laughs> but to, to be able to create, you know, this analog between entertainment and that process and thinking through it. And so I just love when I see something, you know, you and I are both West Wings fan from, you know, from the 90s or whatever and 2000s and, you know, but the writing is just inspiring, yeah. irrespective of what they're actually saying, just to see the creative process. So, yeah, so I just love the, um, I just find myself, like I say, finding a really meaty thing to watch. And that kind of gives me a lot of inspiration as well, too. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. So, um, look, and, and then Jeff, you, you did, um, before we wrap here, um, you did, uh, was it a sabbatical or was it like, you know, how do you think about when you went off and kind of took a retreat and wrote? Because you were working yeah. somewhat. Yeah, we took our family in, in July of 2018 and spent a month in Edinburgh, um, Scotland. And, uh, you know, it was 30 days. I I didn't really really escape because um, I I right. decided I was gonna write I was gonna write my first book um, over that trip, and so every morning I would write, but I would just get up early um, and and have two or three hours before the family woke up, but um, and then I would turn it off. So then I would really the whole day with the family I took that month. Uh, that that definitely was um, a recharge. For sure. It wasn't, that wasn't the purpose of it. The purpose of it was really from a family perspective. I just, I wanted my, I, I want my kids to become empathetic. Um, yeah. I want them to see other cultures. You know, I, I just, mm. you know, in America, we're so, you know, insular in, 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 you know, we're not next to anybody really. Um, sure. Whereas in Europe, you're just next to all these other countries, you get exposure to different, uh, culture. So that was really the purpose as well as being together as a family. But yes, it, it, and, and you and I both have friends, um, who take, you know, sort of forced sabbatical type times, even if it's four days and just get away and that recharges, I haven't been able to do that as much because of the family, but absolutely. That's, that's important. Um, have, have you been able to, I have not had a, a a good friend that, uh, from, uh, this one guy named Andy Stefanovich that some people may know who kind of, uh, is big in the creative and and, and inspiration space. And he always would tell people to take radical sabbaticals and, you know, shut down and, and, you know, he, he would, uh, take a few weeks for him it was in new york city a lot you know for eight weeks get a place there kind of not work but kind of work and all that uh, so i've not um i've tr- you know one thing i know that you've done that i think um is good is that i think it's vacations are great opportunities to recharge i know one thing you've done you're, you were really good at when you did this is that you would find time you always talk about hey i'm at this coffee shop you know sometimes with a kid or not to write or whatever mm-hmm. reflect and that's what I'm trying to get better at is even when on vacation, because when you have families, even with kids, the kids get older, you're, you know, I'm always in like, you know, op- operating mode. Okay. What's the day going to be at that for me having teenagers and young adults? It's like, well, if they're not busy. It's going to be bad and no different if you have younger kids. So I think that's part of it, but um, I, I do think there's power in sabbaticals. I think how you use them though is the key because I've I've known folks who've kind of gone on sabbaticals and it just turns it does it doesn't become reflective. Yeah. So, 
And look, I think people get inspired and charged differently, but I do think there's ways people can, even if they don't have, because it's a huge privilege to be able to take a sabbatical. So I think it's how, you know, it's for people, it's, you know, finding that space, you know, how do you use, you know, how do you make sure you keep some kind of vacation days to be for you, even if it's for your family, because I do get inspired a lot being around my family and getting them incorporated into my work or whatever or thinking. Yeah. So I think that's an important part of the whole, you know, vacation sabbatical process. I think it's harder um, when you are super passionate about what you're doing, when you maybe yeah. you found your purpose and you're going after something, it's harder to turn that off. It's always been hard. I mean, since I started my first company in college, it's always been with me. This it's not, it doesn't feel like a job. I mean, it, it's, it's hard and it's work, but, and it's really hard to turn that off. And, and I've been really bad about that. Um, really forever. I'm still bad about it, but I hide it better. Um, so when I'm on vacation, <laughs> I can, I can hide the fact that I'm thinking about, what's going on at dragon army or 48 and 48 or maybe if this podcast launch. So I, I, but I, but I think that's, you know, that, that, that's not a, that's not a positive necessarily, but it's positive in the fact that, you know, you, you love what you're doing. Um, but that's where the recharge comes in. It's almost like, I know that I'd be better at the things I do if I could escape for a little bit, reflect on what's happening. Cause when you're in it, it's all around you all the time. It's harder to step back and really look say from a 30,000 foot view. That to me is, is something that I, I need to continue to get better at. And you know, one thing I've tried to do and I, now, you know, you have a, you know, you, I mean, you do have an older kid, but you have also very young kids. And so it's hard to do this, but I've definitely tried to do be better uh, more than ever. And I think it is easier as they, as they're older is trying to kind of get them to understand or involved in what's happening and all that. Um, for, for now, for stuff like this, it becomes easier, right? You know, they kind of see the podcast or hear it or whatever. Um, but even on kind of the stuff they don't see every day in terms of, you know, bringing them into the conversations, letting them understand, give it context. Because for me, what I found, it has been particularly on the corporate side, you know, you have this intense day, you get home, whatever, or you in the, in the current environment, you go upstairs, whatever they might be, right. and you kind of want to decompress. And part of me decompressing is not saying anything. Yeah. Um, just like, you know, that's a whole, let me kind of switch. And, you know, when it comes to, you know, I don't even want to call it work-life balance, but finding the equilibrium, to me, it's how do you kind of bring your family into what you do? And also, I think it helps bring the what they do into what you do a little bit with school. Yeah. Now, I think it gets messy a little bit because now you're the whole element of finding space for you to be yourself gets harder because now you're kind of colliding stuff. But I found that it also starts creating some unique collisions, ideas. Also, they give you a perspective on something you're doing that even as a young adult or a teenager, you're like, huh. That's interesting. And then I realized also I talked to about my kids as a, my Gen Z focus group yeah. and whatever I do. And I also, you know, started thinking differently about that and um, you know, my, how my wife might opine on stuff. So it's not about everything, uh, you know, but because also the, the, they'll be the first to go, okay, whatever, that's, that's your stuff. Yeah. But finding that, that, that equilibrium. Now I have high confusion tolerance. So, you know, I'm okay for all this stuff swimming in my head to some extent, but, but I think in terms of, not being, a, I, I found later in life that not having what I do be a, a mystery 
um, mm-hmm. to what they do, I think is, is important for me in terms of finding the balance as well. Yeah. I think that I've, I've definitely done the same, um, trying to involve them in, in my kids and things that I'm doing or show them or expose them to it. I think that's maybe one day I'll have, uh, one of the kids sitting on the, the couch behind me. That's <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> I just had one of them uh, last night say, hey, my, my uh, youngest one actually is in high school saying, hey, maybe I want to be a sound engineer one day. I'm like, well, you know what? I might have a job for you to do because Jeff and I have no idea what we're doing. No, so. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, look, I think, uh, if, you know, if, if, if I kind of reflect on, how, on what we're talking about here, I, I mean, one is I think this is a very personal thing and this whole how do you stay inspired, you know, equilibrium and all that but I think definitely this this common thing about um, finding you know what is your purpose and vision it's almost like there could be 20,000 tactics on balance and if you don't understand what you're really heading to which could be a, a quick range of you know making sure I I get to do this job so I can have my kid go to school or it could be being CEO, whatever it is, I think that's super important. It allows you to say yes or no. It sounds like we talked a lot about finding your personal space, whatever that means. Um, so there's a lot of, so I think there's a lot of, uh, um, and, and also this element of equilibrium is important. Um, so yeah, so a lot of cool things. I would love to hear as we start talking about this on social media too, what people's thoughts are as well. Um, so, so anyways, Jeff, but before we go, I, I thought, let's talk a little bit about what you're doing as well. We talked a little bit about Spun Mafia before we sign off here. What, what else do you have going on in your world that people should be listening to or getting perspective from you on? Yeah. Yeah. And of course I'll, I'll swing it back your way. Um, yeah. So I've got um, a big 48 and 48 event coming up in October. So we're 48 and 48 for those that aren't aware is a global um, nonprofit hackathon um, to build 48 nonprofit websites in 48 hours. We bring together marketers, technologists, project managers, creatives, anyone who can help, uh, you know, build a website, but it can be QA. I mean, honestly, anybody can participate, but because of COVID, we're having our first um, truly virtual global event. Um, And I hope to get, this will be the first weekend in October. We hope to get over a thousand people participating, um, build well over a hundred websites in a weekend for the world's nonprofit. So 48in48.org would be the best place to go. So that's where I would point people. So how about you? Gotcha. Well, you know, uh, we've just, uh, you talked about Spun Mafia, and of course you have another podcast here, you know, that I mentioned with Begin to Begin and, with, and a lot of conversations you're having. And, and look, we just uh, just launched uh, Disruptor Studio on, as a podcast. Um, it's, it should be concurrent, actually concurrent as, as this gets released as well, too. So a lot of uh, cool guests, so they'll be able to hear People like Ben Chestnut and Cat Cole and others that we've interviewed in the past, but a lot of neat guests. Um, oh yeah, and I'll just say I, I listened to the Jay Bailey episode. Yep. I think is up now. It's so good. So you you do a great job with those guests. But yeah, Cat and Ben. I mean, you got amazing people. So yeah. that's a that's a must listen. So yeah, so it's uh, so a whole bunch of things going that, and also been uh, also hosting this uh, thing called Invesco Insights and Innovation, and starting to talk to people like Jewel Burke Solomon and David Cummings. So getting to talk to a lot of people, which talking about keeping inspired, that's just um, just just tremendous as well too. So so good. Well, Jeff, this has been a good. It keeps this keeps me inspired. I should have mentioned that yeah. just these conversations mm-hmm. and doing doing what you love, which I know, and I, I keep you know 
saying it again. We're, we're so fortunate to be able to do what we love um, and talk to cool people that we enjoy talking with. And I think that to me is also a real key about staying inspired. So, so Jeff, it was another good conversation. Yeah, appreciate it. I, I agree. I'm inspired by these as well. And I'll just add one final note. We yeah. talked about motivation. One of the things I think is great is having uh, an accountability partner. Um, so if I had just decided to start this on my own, it would be hard to keep up with it in the midst of everything else. But because you and I, you know, are working together on it, I know that you're going to be on it, you know, the time we say, so I've got to be there. So I think, I think that's another thing that helps can help as people go forward is like, maybe if maybe pick a partner and say, Hey, from two to three, let's both write. And let's just both, you know, commit to writing and then three o'clock, we'll see how we did. Like that kind of stuff helps any, any little trick can help you stay motivated. That's an excellent point. Perhaps that's the kind of parting homework assignment for everybody, you know, pick who's your accountability partner, not to do your work, but to keep you inspired, keep you motivated and uh, keep you to your, you know, keep, uh, finding your space too. So, so thanks everybody for joining us on the Jeff and Alex podcast. Of course, make sure you subscribe uh, if you're watching on YouTube or if you are listening to us on one of your favorite podcast platforms, make sure you subscribe as well. And uh, we will see you next week. See you, Jeff. See ya.